Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9, The Game and the Odyssey app. Jason Longshore, thanks for hanging out with us on a Monday night covering soccer in Atlanta and beyond. We're now 19 days away from the start of the Major League Soccer season, which kicks off here in the A with the Five Stripes hosting the San Jose Earthquakes on Saturday, February 25th. Still work to do, though, as teams are about midway through their preseasons. Atlanta United right now is in Mexico. They faced Atlante, a second division squad. It was a split squad, 120-minute match on Saturday. Atlante did attempt to stream the match. Um, It it didn't go very well. Uh, It was turned the wrong way and really fuzzy for about, I don't know, maybe they got two minutes out of it before it all crashed and it didn't come back. So I wish I could tell you a lot about the game and what I saw and what I liked and and what I didn't and what went well and what didn't, but we don't know. Um, I don't know anybody personally outside of Atlanta United staff who was there, Um, so I don't really have a lot to go on there. I I do know the score lines in the split squad match. They played 120 minutes total. 60 minutes with the first team for Atlanta United, 60 minutes for the second team. I don't know exactly how Atlante split their squads. I'm sure nobody played 120 minutes in this. They are in the middle of their Liga Expansion season. In the first 60, it finished 1-1. Atlante scored first. Atlanta United equalized. That was it. Second 60 minutes with a second squad for Atlanta United. It was a 3-0 loss for Atlanta in that. Now, a little background on this match. We did have a chance to talk to Mateus Josechu and Gonzalo Pineda today. They did media availability via Zoom from Mexico. Pineda talked about how the tactics that Atlante displayed were difficult and a tough adjustment for Atlanta defensively it was man-to-man pressing all over the field 
Think back to San Jose under Matias Almeida in the past. Now, San Jose under Luchi Gonzalez in 2023 is not going to look like this. San Jose under Matias Almeida, it was chaos all over the place. That was what Atlanta had to deal with. Okay, that's difficult, playing at altitude, being early in your preseason. Difficult, good test. Okay. But on the ball, and this is something I wish I had seen, Pineda talked about how Atlante tried to create overloads, which we're, we're used to seeing. But they created their overloads on both flanks and not really anyone in the middle to play off of. So it took Atlanta a little while defensively to adjust to that. You had central midfielders, kind of a double pivot, more of Ibarra sitting deeper than Mateus Hosechu. And there's nobody for them to deal with defensively. So, okay, you have to adjust. Pineda was happy with how his team adjusted to what Atlante threw at them. And and again, you're early in your preseason. This was game number two for Atlanta United. And Atlante is about a month plus into their season. So they're in a different level of fitness, a different level of form, a different level of understanding the way that they play. Atlante's goal, Daniel LaHood scored it, came off a rebound from a save from Brad Kazan. Uh, we asked Pineda about that, and he said that it was a, a powerful shot. It kind of short-hopped Gazan. He makes the save. He's not in a position to where he's able to push that wider, and LaHood capitalizes on the rebound. Mateus Hosechu equalized something that he is really focused on trying to be more of an impactful figure for Atlanta United in the attacking half and specifically in the final third. Now, we talked to Hosechu and today, and one of the funny things that he said was he scores that goal, and it's a nice goal. You can see the video. It's, it's from field level that Atlanta United has posted. Nice goal for Hosechu. Scores the goal. You know, he hasn't scored a lot of goals in an Atlanta United shirt preseason or not. Ask him about celebrating. And he was a little too gassed to celebrate. He said the altitude was definitely something that he was dealing with. He's not used to playing at altitude. It's been difficult for the team dealing with this. And it was really difficult in terms of the match. When we had the chance to talk to Gonzalo Pineda after Hosechu, I asked him about that. How much do you think being at altitude for this time in Mexico is going to help you when you get back with fitness early in the season? Well, it, it, the the physical response doesn't last too 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 long, but what I'm looking for is the players feel how they can play through fatigue and how they can be more mentally resilient to that, and and they can continue being um, concentrated into the game, and 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 that's been fantastic. The response physically uh, has been very very good from the team. Mental strength is something that Pineda's talked about a lot in preseason. I think a lot of people have zeroed in on his conversations about creating culture and the culture that he wants within the squad, which is something that, that any top manager is going to do. You want to build that togetherness at this point in, in your preseason. But the mental strength, they have a mental strength coach with them, Ben Freakley, has worked with South Georgia Tormenta in the past. He's there and he's done a lot of activities, some you know, kind of fun activities, but a lot of team building stuff, but also a lot of things about building mental strength. So it was interesting when you think altitude a lot of times, and I did, you know, you think about building fitness and and dealing with that. And it's going to help you from a, a fitness perspective when you get back. 
I thought it was intriguing that, that Pineda talked about how you deal with being fatigued in matches and learning lessons there. That was that was that was intriguing to me. Also intriguing was the lineup in this match. And again, there is still a number nine that is rumored to be coming to Atlanta. He has not as of yet been officially talked about. We'll get to that in the next segment. But Machope Chole started as the number nine in this match, something we have not seen before. This is Gonzalo Pineda on what he saw and why he started Chole in that position. Well, I wanted to see Chop in that position. I feel like uh, with his athleticism and the way he runs in behind and the way he uh, he's very technical player in training sessions. Normally, he scores many goals in the small sided games. He has he's very uh, a very good finisher. And I, I talked to Chop about that, about uh, what position uh, he feels he can be helping the team the most. And, and he was talking about more closer to the goal. And I agree, just give, giving him a chance in that position. Uh, I wanted to see what he can provide in that one. And uh, But he's one of those players. I have three or four players that can play in multiple plus positions, That uh, and Chop is one of those. I'll be intrigued to see if uh, we see Machopchol play in that kind of position in games that count. It's something that I didn't see in his year with the Academy. Uh, I didn't see a lot of the games that he played at Wake Forest in college. Uh, He's played high up the field plenty, but I haven't seen him as a number nine in a four, three, three. And he does have the the characteristics to be interesting in that position. He's he's a, a tough matchup when you look at him. He's physical. Uh, he he. I've I've compared him to Breck Shea in the past, and uh, people have their opinions about Breck Shea. I feel like a lot of people kind of don't appreciate Breck Shea and the career that he has had. But the thing about Breck and the thing about Machope to me is their length, their height. They're great dribblers. They're very difficult to man up against 1v1. They're not somebody you want to face. And and if you get Chol in that position, centrally 1v1 going to goal, makes it a little bit easier for him to get into some scoring positions. I, I like the idea, and we'll see. Can he give you production in that? Because ideas are nice, but you got to have production in that role. So up next for Atlanta United is Cruz Azul on Wednesday. It'll be a 90-minute closed-door match. This is what Gonzalo Pineda is expecting out of that. And then what are kind of the the goals that you have in mind for Wednesday with Cruz Azul? Well, with Cruz Azul, probably we will see a little bit more uh, in terms of tactical evolution on, on what we've been working on. I hope that, but also the fitness part on pushing a little bit more the limits for this one will be only 90 minutes. So probably one team might play 65, 70, and then the other team might play limited minutes. But I want to see more the tactical shape that we've been working, especially defending the high pressure. We're going to start to press high again. Uh, we did a little bit against Atlante, but now that will be another reminder. And um, and then offensively, in terms of creating more chances, I think something we we have to be more focused on that. And hopefully we can achieve those goals. Now, the high pressure part of it is something that grabbed my attention in this conversation because it wasn't something that we saw the team do in Chattanooga. And Mike Conti and I talked about it on the broadcast a lot. Atlanta United didn't start out high pressing 
against Chattanooga. It was a little bit more of a midfield trap. They were in the middle third trying to create the 2v1s defensively to win the ball back. Now, when they did force Chattanooga back from that position, when Chattanooga couldn't break the, the line and had to go backwards, then you started to see some chasing into the attacking third for Atlanta United, the defensive third for Chattanooga. You did see some individual work. Luis Araujo did that to create a goal in that match. But Chattanooga didn't see a high press typically. Atlante, which we, again, didn't really get to see, had some high pressing. Cruz Azul, something we will see more high pressing. That's something that Gonzalo has mentioned previously about wanting his teams to high press. So I asked him about that and just, kind of what he's expecting to to do this season. And will we see maybe a little bit of a mixed bag in terms of how high this team presses? Well, we, we will see that against Chattanooga. I, uh, I challenged the team on purpose not to press high just because we were working on the middle block. Um, but there might be games, yes, where maybe – we decide the the team to have a little bit more the ball. It's, it's not actually my preference. I prefer, especially on goal kicks and when they are on their own goal, try to press as soon as possible just because we are closer. The ball is there and we have the speed and the aggression to regain the ball there. And then from there, we you can create chances. Uh, but But maybe not just picking one game or the other, but having the option through the games to say, okay, maybe we pressed high very well, but now we get tired a little bit. Can we drop back to this shape and just be hard to beat? And from there we can counter. So it can be an option through the games where where we can have that plan B, you can say, or on on, on seating a little bit. But uh, normally I will try to push for my team to be more aggressive and pressing high. Two things out of that to me. One, I love to to hear that, that Atlanta United will be pressing high. Something they've done in the past at times, maybe not as much as we remember about the Tata Martino Atlanta United, the Peachtree Press. It wasn't a consistent thing. It was a little bit more of a pick and choose. I think you're going to see more high pressing under Gonzalo Pineda than other Atlanta United managers in the past. But when you do have that ability to drop off just a little bit, catch your breath if the game's hectic, and be difficult to play through that middle third, it gives you a different look. It keeps teams on their toes, and it makes you a little less predictable. And that's always a bonus when you have that ability. And I think the defensive profile of what Atlanta United will have, and yeah, the the front line, the attackers, they're going to have to defend too. The defensive profile of Atlanta United will be better this year, I think, with Derek Etienne Jr. on the front line. We know Luis Araujo kind of thrives in those moments. We'll talk about that possible number nine here in the next segment and what they could bring to the table. But yeah, I think this is a team that will be able to press higher, more effectively for longer periods of time. But the ability to be able to drop into the middle third just a little bit, time to time, maybe some matchups, maybe points in games, Nice little bonus to have. The other piece of news from last week, since we were last talking here on Atlanta Soccer Tonight, Luis Abram is officially a part of Atlanta United. Pineda said, I think he's going to provide a lot of stability in the back line. Very good with the ball, very steady, intelligent center back. He's a lefty as well. I want to see if he pushes 
Juanjo Parata to the bench, or if that's going to be a competition to play next to Miles Robinson. Transfers completed. He will be joining up with the team when they get back to Atlanta. Coming up in three minutes, not three minutes and 18 seconds, just three minutes, we will learn why it's important to be on time on Atlanta soccer tonight. We'll be right back on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. When it comes to the world of soccer, we've got you covered. This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back, Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Let's bounce around MLS a little bit before we get into Rumor Patrol. Had a chance to fill in first on the weekend for me with uh, in on Saturday morning and, and had a chance to bring Jonathan Siegel on to the show to talk about MLS. Now, we talked a little bit about the Seattle Sounders before their Club World Cup game. I was educating Greg Clarkson about the Club World Cup and who the favorites are in MLS, but the one I keep coming back to in the Eastern Conference, when you're looking at it from an Atlanta United perspective, eh, it's the defending Eastern Conference champs, the Philadelphia Union. And I wanted to see if Jonathan Siegel from MLSsoccer.com had the same opinion that I did. Here's what he had to say. The team that probably the Eastern Conference is going to go through is Philadelphia. And, and they did add some pieces. How do you rate the Union for 23? I think they got to be MLS Cup favorites right now. I mean, yep. they haven't really lost anyone of note from that team. That was a Gareth Bale MLS all-time moment header away from winning MLS Cup. They only lost the Porter Shield last year on how MLS uses the all-goal or goal-scored tiebreaker compared to goal differential like the rest of the world. Um so I know that's a little bit of a sour point at times in that union fan base of, oh, why does it have to be different here? And <laughs> like I said, PKs in that Bear, uh, Gareth Bale moment. Um, this team is scary deep. 
they've brought in some pieces this offseason that is only strengthen that depth. They don't spend like crazy. Ernst Tanner, their GM, Jim Curtin, their head coach. They're probably the best one-two duo in the league. And that's backed up by facts. Tanner got the GM award last year. Curtin got coach of the year award. They had, I think, four guys on best 11, all of whom returned. Might have been three if I misremembered the math. Um, but yeah, I mean, you said it there. This is who the East is going to run through. They don't play the most, um, let's call it dominant game at times. Uh, they can. They showed at times last summer they couldn't stop scoring. They were scoring goals for fun. Um, but their defense is incredible. Andre Blake, the best goalkeeper, in my opinion, MLS has ever seen. And yeah, when you achieve all they did and they bring back everyone they have and then built on top of that with more signings and more kids coming through their academy, et cetera, that's a scary team, in my opinion. I agree with Jonathan. This is the MLS Cup favorite uh, as we sit on February 6th, 19 days from the start of the regular season. Look, there's still moves to be made, and LAFC, who are the defending champs, are linked to one of those we'll get into here in just a second. But they don't have Gareth Bale anymore in Los Angeles. They don't have Chicho Arango anymore in Los Angeles. Two of the top players in that team. There's talk about Cifuente starting to turn some heads. I don't think he goes now. I think it's likely in the summer, but that's going to affect 2023 for LAFC. And they have the trophy, and they have rings, and sometimes that want to drops just a little bit once you accomplish something. We, we see it all the time. Philadelphia got really close, but didn't win the title. That's going to be a motivating factor for this team, and they have gotten better. I think Andres Perea is a really good addition for this group. And they ended up not losing anybody outside of Paxton Aronson that they could have lost in the January window. Kai Wagner was somebody that I didn't think would be back this year. Jose Martinez started to get linked with moves. I wondered if he would be back this year. Both are. And they have young players that are going to be a year further along in their development. You never know what happens, and we've all watched it, and we've seen it, and injuries, and loss of form, and chemistry, all kinds of things can go wrong, but as we sit today, and we're looking at things on paper, Philadelphia is the favorite in the league, in my opinion, and they're just such a difficult team to play. They're going to make life difficult for everybody. Now, they didn't really have any major injury issues in 2022. Does that happen in 23? Well, we watched what it can do to a season here in Atlanta last year, and hopefully you don't have to go through that again. Kansas City is another team that went through that, losing two designated players to season-ending injury, and Alan Polito and Gadi Kenda, both are back. Both are expected to be ready to go. But the question in Kansas City is, Peter Vermes is in the last year of his contract. He's been there forever. Uh, I mean, you're, you're going decade plus. He does everything. He's one of the few managers who is that guy who calls all the shots for sporting Kansas City. He's in the last year of his contract. Right now, there is an opening with a job that could be attractive to him in terms of the U.S. men's national team. 
Now, there's somebody else who that job could be very attractive to who is suddenly out of work today. We'll get there. We'll talk about that, too. But Peter Vermees in a revenge season, first off, after one of the worst years that he's had as a manager last year. And he got excuses with the injuries. No question about it. Managers don't want to talk about excuses. I know fans never want to hear about excuses. When you lose two designated players to season-ending injury, it's going to affect your season. There's just no way around it, and there's nothing you can do about it. Peter Vermes is going to be back loaded for revenge. But is he trying to get another contract with Kansas City, or is he trying to impress the United States Soccer Federation? I'm intrigued to see where that goes. I'm really interested to see because Peter Vermes is one of the guys that I think U.S. soccer should talk to. And look, maybe not for the manager role. Maybe for the men's general manager role. He's been doing that in Kansas City as well. He's somebody that is an important figure in American soccer, in U.S. soccer, and somebody that should get that opportunity if he is so interested. So keep an eye on Peter Vermes. Now, I mentioned uh, three minutes and 18 seconds in the tease coming into this segment. Well, 18 seconds was a very important part of time when it came to Julian Araujo of the LA Galaxy. He was linked, surprisingly, with a move to Barcelona. Now, this move was going to go to Barcelona B, the second team, with the possibility of being cover for the first team, but also moving up. Barcelona is Barcelona. Maybe they're not the Barcelona they've been in the past, but they are doing pretty well this season. And that badge has a lot, a lot of importance to a young player. Araujo wanted the move. The Galaxy wanted to help him make the move. All the paperwork is being signed. And there was a uh, computer error, according to Barcelona, that forced a document that needed to be signed to be filed 18 seconds late. Thought maybe FIFA would allow the transfer anyway, because it's 18 seconds. FIFA did not. So, or at least they said they did not. The LA Galaxy, at last comment, said they had not received an official ruling from FIFA. So maybe this does get even weirder. But it puts Julian Araujo in a really weird limbo. Does Barcelona come back for him in the summer if they can't get it done here? The Galaxy need to replace him because, remember, the Galaxy are about to be punished for breaking rules in Major League Soccer. Not 115 of them, like a certain club in England did, but at least a few to where they're not going to be able to bring in players from outside the United States in the summer window. So if they think they're going to lose Araujo in the summer, they got to replace him now because they can't do it in the summer with a replacement from outside the country. It's a really awkward situation. I hope they allow it for Araujo's sake. I hope they allow it for just just make it easier for everybody involved. But 18 seconds, man. Get your work done on time. Barcelona, come on, man. It seems like it's always something with you guys. Now, let's stay out in Los Angeles. Uh, I mentioned LAFC needing a number nine, and I did not expect Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang to be a reported target for the black and gold, but he is. Welcome to Silly Season. Uh, He is on the outs at Chelsea because they have signed about 943 players in the January window. 
They can only play 11 of them, and roster sizes are limited to the point that Aubameyang was dropped from the Champions League roster. So he would probably like to uh, be somewhere that he's valued. He would be valued in Los Angeles. But do you want to go there if you are the black and gold? Um, When you talk about motivation and defending a title, look, he didn't win the title, so maybe he's got some of that motivation. But he's had a very weird time of it over the last couple of years. Uh, Arsenal, Barcelona, Chelsea, ending up on the outs quite a bit bit in weird ways um i don't know if that's the replacement that lafc needs for chicho arango again on paper video games talent all boxes are checked you do have to have a few questions about why he keeps ending up on the outs of these clubs i don't know i don't know uh big name would be a big signing how do they fit that under the mls salary cap or are they going to find some ways around rules? I hope not. Uh, don't don't end up with them getting punished, too. We don't need two teams in the same city getting punished and having to deal with fines and having to deal with people getting suspended. No, 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 no. LAFC, follow the rules. I don't know how you fit this under the cap, but you somehow fit Gareth Bale under the cap last year, and that didn't make any sense either. So more power to you. Speaking of Los Angeles, El Trafico, not my favorite name for a rivalry match, but whatever, that's what they want to call it. Mike Gray of the Striker is reporting that the season opening El Trafico, which is going to be at the Rose Bowl, LA Galaxy, LAFC opening night, Rose Bowl capacity 90,888. Well, it's 75% sold out now, more than two weeks to go before that match. The club record is 69,255 for the LA Galaxy when they played at the Rose Bowl back in 1996. Played there for quite a few years. This is a big deal. It's a big opening to the season, and it's going to be a gigantic crowd. They will break that record, I think. And it's looking like they could break the record that Charlotte set last year at Bank of America Stadium. Be on the lookout for that on February 25th. Seattle. Club World Cup, man, they fought hard. I give the Sounders a ton of credit. It's preseason for them. They didn't get a whole bunch of extra time to get ready for this game. They played two preseason games. The The fitness was a lot better than I expected in this Club World Cup quarterfinal against Alak Lee of Egypt, the Egyptian champion, second in Africa last year. It took a late deflected goal after a turnover made things all fall apart for the Sounders, and they go out 1-0. Alak Lee moves on to play Real Madrid, who's going to be missing a bunch of pieces this week. It's a weird game for Real Madrid, and they come in in a weird spot after losing to Mallorca over the weekend. So Alak Lee might be able to pull an upset there. I think the Seattle-Alak Lee game, a toss-up if both teams are in season. Alak Lee was the favorite in this because the Sounders are not in season. But, man, what a fight from the Sounders. And you hate to see that for Brian Schmetzer and the guys who I think looked better than anyone would expect. But were not able to get it done. If it had went to extra time, I don't think they would have had the legs. Uh, they went a lot longer with guys than I thought they would. It was great to see Joel Paulo return for the Sounders as they try to get back into the playoffs this year. Let's get on that rumor patrol. Uh, Fabrizio Romano tweeted out on the weekend that Yorgos Yakamakis to Atlanta United as a designated player is a done deal. It's not official yet, 
Now, it has not been announced. Um, Gonzalo Pineda was asked about it today. He obviously can't say anything about it because it's not a done deal or it's not announced or it's not signed or it's almost there or wherever it sits in it. Fabrizio Romano is reporting that it is a done deal. He said that Yakimakis was traveling to Mexico with his agent where Atlanta United is obviously in preseason and they would do the medical tests in Mexico. Um, the fee that Fabrizio Romano reported is 4.3 million pounds. I don't have my pounds to U.S. dollars uh, right in front of me, but it's around five million or so dollars. It's on the higher side of the ranges that had been talked about here. Three-year contract for Yakimakis with an option, I would presume, to be held by the club to extend that further. I, I talked about Yorgos Yakimakis a, a little bit last week, but let's go back to where we finished the last segment with Gonzalo Pineda talking about how he wants to high press. And he explained why. And, and I, I think it's logical when you start to think about this. You want to high press. You want to cause those turnovers. You want to be closer to the opponent's goal. And he feels like with the players that he has, and right now he has Derek Etienne Jr., who is getting closer to fitness. He has not participated yet in a preseason match. I don't think he is set to participate against Cruz Azul, but maybe, hopefully against Toluca, we can see Derek Etienne Jr. a little bit in that match. But Etienne, Araujo, lots of pace there. Yakimakis for a big number nine, good pace, good work rate. He has played in a system, and when you follow Celtic in Scotland, and especially, because it wasn't like this before, when you follow them under Ange Postacoglu, the system that they play has similarities to what Gonzalo Pineda wants to do here in Atlanta. And that pressing is a big part of it. So that's not going to be difficult for Yakimakis to drop right in. And that's where I think he's going to have an impact straight away. That work rate defensively, but then also the runs that you need a number nine to make to open up space. Let's go from the pressing, you create the turnover, to then going to goal. What did we see too many times last year from Atlanta United in the attacking segment of play? Players dropping off to the top of the 18, zone 14, very dangerous area, but it got too crowded. Tiago Almada wants to operate there. You saw Joseph Martinez drop into that. Yorgos Yakamakis will make runs to the posts and open up space. Coming up next, three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about this incredible game we love so much. 3-4-3 three, three, up next in three minutes on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Selling a little or a lot? 
Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. Three, four. Three. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. 343 time, and we got to do this in 17 minutes. Let's see if we can get it done. Lots of stuff to cover. Let's start with the three local stories you need to know. Big event at the Children's Healthcare of Atlanta training ground this weekend, Atlanta United's Academy College Showcase. Nearly 40 colleges from all over, most of the in-state schools, but also lots of out-of-state schools made the trip down. Six different clubs on display, lots of different age groups. So cool for these kids to get that opportunity. And it's an underrated part of Atlanta United's academy setup. Of course, they hope that every player that comes through the academy ends up as a professional soccer player. That's the the goal. That's what you're shooting for. That's the, the vision statement. It's not realistic. We know that every player doesn't make it to the professional level. A lot of them do. And not all of them make it with Atlanta United, but a lot of them make it as professionals in different places. The ones that don't or the ones that need a little more time can go through the college route. And Atlanta United does a great job of getting those kids and not just the Atlanta United kids. Again, other clubs from around the area getting those kids exposure to potentially earn some college scholarships. Very, very cool event. Love to see the reaction and the turnout there. Number two on the local side, Steve Cook, the new manager of Atlanta United 2. Cook joins Atlanta with more than 30 years of coaching experience. He was most recently the academy director for the Seattle Sounders. Also won MLS Next at the U17 level. 
with the team that he was the head coach for, as well as the academy director. He's going to report to academy director here in Atlanta, Matt Lowry. He'll be joined on the Atlanta United 2 staff by current U19 academy head coach, Jose Silva, who's been promoted to an assistant coach. Cook was also previously an assistant with the Colorado Rapids, took over as interim manager for their MLS side for 12 games in 2017. Silva has been with the Atlanta U19s in the UPSL since 2021. He's been named the league's coach of the year twice and won the regular season title in the fall. So excited to get to talk to them again. I've talked to Jose before. Excited to meet Steve Cook and excited to see Atlanta United 2 in MLS Next Pro in 2023. That schedule should be coming soon. It's looking like it's going to have a regular season start of late March for MLS Next Pro. And Atlanta United 2 will remain playing their games at Fifth Third Bank Stadium in Kennesaw. Number three on the local side, there's a new team from the state of Georgia participating in the U.S. Open Cup this year. Atlanta United obviously will come in third round late in April. South Georgia Tormenta will come in on the professional side in the second round between April 4th and 6th. And they'll be joined by the Savannah Clovers of NISA. They're going to start their first professional season. The Clovers have been around for a little while, but this is their first year as a fully professional team. Players are starting to get signed. Preseason is about to start. Their first official match as a pro club will be April 1st. They host the Michigan Stars in NISA regular season play, and they will be traveling on up to face Chattanooga FC in NISA regular season play. So excited to see the Clovers and see what they can do in the Lamar Hunt U.S. Open Cup. Now, again, Atlanta United will join that tournament in the third round. First round is amateur teams who have gotten this far. The winners there will match up against the second division and third division professional teams in the second round, April 4th through the 6th. And then Atlanta United joins in the third round in the last midweek segment in April. Four headlines from around the world. And man, there's been a lot to talk about. Number one, Jesse Marsh out at Leeds. And I feel like this is absolutely bizarre to do it. One game after the transfer window shut, after they just added Weston McKinney, hasn't even started a game for Leeds yet. He came off the bench on the weekend. And after a game where they were dominant against Nottingham Forest, disappointing result. They ended up losing that, but they were dominant. And if Patrick Bamford converts on a great opportunity, 12 yards from goal, Jesse Marsh might still be employed by Leeds United. It's a panic move. And I think it's a panic move because Sean Dyche comes in in his first game with Everton and beats the league leaders arsenal. And it's, oh, wait a minute. They're going to be okay. Now we've got one less team to compete with. Panic. I, I think it's a bad move. Who they hire to replace him is going to be intriguing because Marsh replacing Bielsa, okay, you could see it from a tactical perspective. Who's going to replace Marsh with a team that's been built to play Jesse Marsh style of soccer, which is very Red Bull pressing, not really wanting possession. They do try to build up a little bit more than some Red Bull teams do, but it's all about getting the ball forward quickly. And if you create something great, if you don't, winning the ball back quickly and then immediately going to goal. Okay, you're going to have to hire somebody who plays in that way because you can't make any more moves to add any more people. 
why didn't you do this at the beginning of the January window? Bizarre by Leeds. And I, I really worry that this is going to hurt them in a big way in the long run. Leeds had impressive wins under Marsh over Chelsea, over Liverpool this year, but they haven't been consistent. They've only won four games in the league this year, and they're level on points with 18th place Everton, who got that win. Everton plays Liverpool this weekend. That's going to be interesting because Liverpool hasn't exactly looked good lately, and Jurgen Klopp's getting really salty with the media. Number two on the headlines, Manchester City versus the Premier League. Uh, Manchester City was charged with, I believe, I did see a, an official number on this, 115 breaches of Premier League rules, not just in one year. I mean, this is over a longer period of time, but 115 breaches of the rules of the league. That's that's excessive. They could be docked points, which, yeah, if, you, if you're being charged with 115 instances where you broke the rules, you're probably going to be found guilty of at least a a lot of them, you're going to be docked points. You could be forced to be relegated out of the Premier League. You could be expelled from the Premier League for all of these breaches of the rules. Now, the commission about these rules being broken, that's going to be held in private. That commission can impose open-ended sanctions. So they, they kind of have a lot of choices here. It could be fines. It could be points. It could be relegation from the Premier League. This is not the situation that was what city had to deal with with uefa with financial fair play there are financial fair play issues in these 115 breaches of the financial rules of the premier league but there's other things like roberto mancini the former manager of manchester city being paid one amount and it being put on the books as a lesser amount Stuff like that, which isn't exactly financial fair play related. So UEFA ended up because Manchester City delayed, 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 took things to the court of arbitration for sport. They ended up getting out of it with UEFA and financial fair play. They didn't lose spots in, in the Champions League, for example. This is different. And from what I have gathered, and look, it, it's, a, it's kind of unprecedented territory. From what I've gathered, they can't take this to the court of arbitration for sport. This isn't under their jurisdiction. So City is in a war with the Premier League, and I, I don't know how it goes. Pep Guardiola said that if the club broke the rules and they lied to him because, they, according to Pep, they have told him that they didn't break any rules, he said he's going to walk out if they are found to have broken rules. He seems unhappy anyway. Uh I would not be surprised if this all ends up at a minimum with Manchester City having to start from somewhat scratch in the Premier League, but it could be even worse for them. I don't think it's just going to be a fine situation. I think there's going to be more to it. Number three on the headlines, and this one drives me insane. La Liga, they are investigating alleged racist abuse towards Vinicius Jr., Yes, this is a new instance of this. This was from the Mallorca-Real Madrid game on Sunday. On zone, the streaming company, on their social media, you could hear racial slurs being yelled at Vinicius Jr. Um, at the stadium at Mallorca. 
the past few weeks, you have seen so many things around Vinny that are disgusting. You had his effigy strung up and hung from a bridge in Madrid. La Liga has confirmed racist abuse against Vinicius Jr. in previous matches this season, more than one. Uh, the foul that Gabriel Paulista from Valencia committed on him just tried to punt him in midair. He's been fouled more than any other player in Europe's top five leagues. He's had to listen or read just nonsense on a regular basis from people in the media in Spain trying to find the blame on him, trying to say it's his fault for this stuff. La Liga is to blame for this continuing. La Liga has to take this more seriously. And Vinicius Jr. said that. And La Liga, quickly, more quickly than they typically react to this stuff, when Vinicius Jr. called them out, oh, they immediately had statements to make. And, oh, they take things seriously. And, yeah, okay. Okay. Sure. In this match, Vinny was fouled 10 times. 10 times. Players who committed some of these, these fouls were trying to say, well, obviously, if there's all these instances around Vinicius Jr., then he's doing something wrong. It's insanity. La Liga has to do it right if they want to nip this stuff in the bud, but they haven't done it right all season. They haven't done it right in the past, and I don't really have a lot of faith in them doing things right, and it's wrong. And, and Vinny should leave Spain if this is going to continue. One of the best players in the world. He doesn't deserve to be fouled 79 times so far this season. 20 more than the next player, Neymar, in Liga. It's ridiculous. One of the good things in La Liga right now is Barcelona. They are in pole position, number four on the headlines. They extended their lead to eight points. Second half goals from Jordi Alba, from Gavi, from Rafinha. 3-0 win at home against Sevilla on Sunday. They're unbeaten in their last 15 in all competitions. Five straight wins in La Liga. They're putting the pressure on Real Madrid, who lost in that game to Mallorca. Barcelona, 53 points, top of the table, eight ahead of Real Madrid, 14 ahead of third-placed Real Sociedad. Barcelona's never lost a La Liga title race when leading by eight points or more. Never. And they're in that spot right now. And the matchup in the Europa League, now Champions League is coming up, Europa League's coming up as well. We usually talk a lot more about Champions League, but. Barcelona and Manchester United, two of the best form teams, are playing in the Europa League. <laughs> That's going to be must-watch on a Thursday. Absolute must-watch. Three things that make me smile about the game. Number one, let's go back to that Barcelona game. The assist from Rafinha. <sighs> Second goal of the game. He's flying down the right and hits a perfect seeing eye low cross to Gavi on the back post that all Gavi had to do was tap it in. Those are the kinds of passes that just make your jaw drop. Rafinha is such an incredible player. It's taken him a little bit of time at Barcelona, but I think everything that Xavi is building at Barca, if you love that style of soccer, it should make you smile. And Rafinha's pass and then assist, that should absolutely make you smile. Number two on things that made me smile in the last week in this game, Victor Osimhen for Napoli, the season he's having. Two goals on the weekend, 17 goals and 21 games in Serie A. Napoli has a 13-point lead at the top of the table. 
is Napoli going to win Serie A in the same year that Argentina wins a World Cup? There's going to be a certain number 10 uh, looking down from the heavens, smiling about that one. And Barcelona might win La Liga too. Another club that Diego Maradona played for. But the first time that Napoli won Serie A, when Maradona led them to that title, that was in the year after he won the World Cup for Argentina in 1986 in Mexico. So, you know, if you believe in fate, eh, looking pretty good for Napoli right now. I know Seaman is an incredible player that Chelsea will probably pay uh, $300 million for in the summer. Just, just get ready for it. The last one on things that made me smile over the last week, the absolute insanity of 5-3 Barraca Central over Sarmiento in Argentina on Saturday. Second half alone, five goals, two penalties, seven yellow cards, one red, one horribly missed handball in the 18, and one goal called back by far. Everything you want in a crazy match, that was this one. Really good times in Argentina. Pick some of those random games on Paramount Plus to watch when you get the chance. Join Mike Conti and me for stoppage time Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. on the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. And come back next Monday night, 11 o'clock. Another edition of Atlanta Soccer Tonight coming up as we get closer to the MLS season. Adios, everybody. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.